listening to the One My Dogs from the Dogs Perspective podcast. Hi, it's your host Nora Keskiväri and we are here to talk about personal dog journeys and how we can be the best possible dog owners from the dog's perspective, of course. I'm super passionate about understanding the dog's perspective and with that, helping others to have a happy and balanced life with their dogs. It is always very inspirational to hear it from others, their journeys with their dogs and learning more about the dog's perspective. Today, I have the privilege to talk with someone very special as she has been involved with One Mind Dogs from the early years And I'm proud to say that I'm working on daily basis in the same team with her at One Mind Dogs. Stephanie is from the United States and currently has uh, five dogs at home and is passionate about learning and getting better at dog agility and helping her students to do the same. Stephanie says that one of her favorite things about this sport is that there is always something new to learn. So today we will discuss Stephanie's journey with her dogs and we'll hear more about what inspires her in dogs. So Stephanie, welcome to podcast. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, aside from all of that, um, I have been a lifelong dog owner and teacher going back many years. I actually was, before I got into dog training, a middle school music teacher, believe it or not. Um, so my my college degree is in that field. And then I kind of like having grown up with dogs and done dog training and even actually like worked with horses and, and animals all throughout my life at one point kind of realized that like, I really wanted to move in that direction. And so I migrated about 13 years ago, migrated away from school teaching and into dog training. And then with the help of a lot of like really cool people along the way have been able to be privileged enough to do this full-time dog training and now also dog training and agility. So it's all really, really cool. Aside from that, I've got five dogs at home now, which is the most dogs I've ever had in my life. I was thinking about that going, how many dogs have I had? And yeah, I've had a few, like, of course, throughout my lifetime, but this is the first time I've had like this many at one time, but that's what happens when you do agility. Um, I have a border collie, three, three Shelties and one older Springer who was my first agility dog. So it's fun to look back on those things. I don't know if I even knew that you have been a teacher before. Yeah. I don't know if that's been told before in the team <laughs> meetings or not, but now we know, now we know, and now everybody else also knows. So that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. We need to start practicing some instruments maybe, yeah. right? Get out your fresh yeah. horns. One. <laughs> so what it is with, with dogs, like what inspires and motivates you the most? Is that's it's an interesting thing to think about because of course, like we love just having them in our lives, that they're our companions and our and our best friends. But what you like, I think, find particularly when you like go into a dog sport like agility, but just when you start training in general, and especially when you learn to think from their dog's point of view, is just how smart they are how easy they learn and how much they love that. And like that being one of the major keys to building a relationship with a dog is like the the teaching part, like, and just having a young dog now, you know, my, my border collie just turned one. And so like, every time I think like when you get a puppy, you kind of revisit the relationship process. And I think like, you know, after a few years, you're kind of like, Oh yeah, we, I forgot, you know, get, everything's just great. And when you have to build one again, and it's always different, it's always, it's interesting to watch it blossom. And I found um, or I, I was just kind of reminded that like, it's not, you just, don't just bring the puppy home and have everything be perfect. It's that you build it step by step. And like, I feel like now, like Majel and I are really like connecting. And a lot of that has to do with just the teaching her things that like that are important for puppies and, and also teaching things that are about agility and giving the dog the opportunity to realize how much they can do things like 
on their own, like make choices and and think independently and all that really cool stuff. So yeah, like that, there's a lot you could probably say about that, but I think like that, like in short, really it's, it's that it's, it's in the teaching and like sort of the empowering of the dog. Um, and just how like, yes, there are companions, but they're also like our partners, um, in a lot of ways. So yeah, they're really special. That is indeed the magic of this, um, this, uh, from my perspective as well. And in this podcast, we want to share the real life stories about how learning more about the dog's perspective has impacted or has had impacted the life. Um, and you just mentioned pretty many already, um, many topics and many reasons why, why it's so uh, important. Um, you have joined One Mind Dogs community soon, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So tell us a little bit, how did you get started with One Mind Dogs? If you can go through that. I can think back. That was, I was running my Springer. So he was, he's 13 now like that. That was back when he was my only agility dog. When we, when one mind dogs first started like appearing on the scene in Connecticut, if I remember correctly, there was a couple of coaches. So one was Anna Efert who would come over um, to pause and effect and, um, give seminars. And so we would participate in those. And so she started to like, kind of bring the one mind dogs method to us. And then also, um, around 2014, I want to say like, um, so Shana dose was invited to become one of the, um, the pioneer, I guess, pilot group of coaches. And so she also like was a really instrumental in bringing the method, like, like heavily into my life because like, I was lucky enough to start taking classes and, and workshops with her. Cause she also was teaching at the same place as me at the time. Um, and then you, you have kind of the light bulb moment that goes, okay, like, look what I can do. And I think like, that's really what happened to me with, with one mind dogs was that like, I learned to do agility one way and, you know, I would watch, um, other competitors or like go on and, and, and think like, I could never do that. Like, that looks too hard. Like my dog and I are not, you know, we can't get that. It's too difficult. Like, you know, their dogs would be so well-trained and doing all these independent skills and and so forth. And it was like, I, I just was like, nope, we can't. But once I started study, studying the method, suddenly it became, I can, yes, I can look at all these things I can do. And my dog can do like independent weaves, all these things that I would think would be impossible distance handling and so on and so on. And so that, that really what was like bought me into it fully was like all these possibilities started opening up based on that method. And so here we are. <laughs> that is the most exciting uh, part of this. And especially when you see those moments from others that they get that feeling as well that, Hey, I, I can also do that. But I think that's part of your work currently that to inspire people that everyone, Hey, you can do this actually, and you can get this connection as well. Yeah. Um, if you can like mention one, one specific thing that was, um, or maybe the clearest to understand also for people who are not that involved in dog world or dog actually world, what was the kind of the clear biggest eye opener for when you learned first uh, more about the dog's perspective? Can you remember mm. any sort of just moment? one <laughs> oh. to put in the word, like into words um, that also people who don't do agility yet uh, understand it? I had to put it into like one, one or two things. It's when you start to think more and like, I think we do think a little bit about like, you know, what's the dog's point? Like it's why we have hand signals in dog training, like for sit and things like that. And why we learn about dog body language. But when you start to also remember that they are watching yours and are reading your body language and employing that as part of how you interact with your dog on a daily basis and teach your dog 
then that's a like maybe that's the biggest piece of it because also with that like it comes how we use rewards and and other things of that nature that all come together to communicate to the dog and show the dog like this is what I'm trying to get across to you and so I think like when we make that part of each interaction with the dog that we're always kind of speaking their language and so to speak um, in a way that is like just um, subconscious maybe or like you just kind of make it part of you then then that's part a lot of what like changes everything, like makes the relationship deeper, makes learning easier for the dog, makes teaching easier for the human. Um, and it's just really cool when you understand your, your dog, because it's a completely different species. Like it's, it can be hard enough to understand other people, let alone like a completely different animal. And so like, it just makes it really even, um, even just more amazing to have a dog in your life when you think that way. And also how they are mirroring, as you just described your own behavior. So you also learn a lot about about your own routines and habits and your of your behavior. So yeah, super exciting. Now it has been all positive and inspiring and exciting. Well, have you ever had any challenges? Have you had any like big hurdles um, that you have faced during your training journey so far? And how did you overcome them? Overcome them? I mean, here and there, nothing I think that was like a huge you know, major thing, but my now retired um, Sheltie Mika, Um, who was my second agility dog did go through a little phase of, of ring stress that we had to work through where like she was um, you know, she would be that dog that was just super like enthusiastic to compete. And, you know, was, I could always predict what was going to happen on the course. And then one day that started to change. Um, and it was right around the time as we were doing um, AKC agility and an AKC, like, you know, you want to get that master agility championship title. Like that's the the milestone with that one. So I was early enough in my career that I had not yet even gotten to that point. And it was like, we were kind of getting close to it. And so I think I got stressed chasing that one. And then so kind of, so did she. And so I had to like navigate that and figure out how do I put the like joy back into agility for her. So we get the, like the speed back and the enthusiasm back and not have her like wondering, am I right or wrong? So that was an interesting, um, an eye-opening challenge to, to face. And I kind of really like, it made me look at how am I looking at competition? Um, because like it's, it's, you sort of get so focused on like getting, reaching that goal that like it becomes the only thing and you forget to like remember your, your partner. Um, so there, there was that, um, just in terms of general dog training too, like when I brought her home, cause she, she came from a rescue. So she was not, I didn't get her as a puppy. Um, she had dog reactive issues. So she would bark at other dogs and like, couldn't like be physically in a classroom with them. And so I had to like get through that and get her past that in order to be able to even do agility. But truth be told, um, the training of that and in also the, like the early foundation training of dog agility, where was when we really started to like begin to see that turn around and like start to have her like connect with me. Um, so again, there you go. It's, it's, it's like that training relationship building that like even takes care of problems, like problems, quote unquote, like that one. Yeah. I think that's, that's, those are the two big ones that stand out to me. Um, I have a dog who has also early takeoffs when jumping. And so he, like, that was another one that I had to kind of figure out, like, what, how are we going to go about this? And at the time it seemed like, oh no, this is going to be so terrible. Like, but it wasn't, he's had a wonderful agility career. He's just jumped at a lower jump height. And, you know, we really just worked on making sure he could find his takeoffs as, as best as he could and that I could support him really well. So, you know, they, they're just more learning experiences than they are obstacles, I think. Exactly. And now we have already th at least three topics for the next webinars with you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I would like to hear a little bit more about actually, uh, well, all of them, but at this point, maybe if you can like 
describe a little bit you you told that you got him her from uh from the shelter so how did you start like making the change and how did you start kind of building that relationship and the connection with with her so she yeah she came from a rescue so she was from she went to th- through three different foster homes before she came to me one of whom was my instructor at the time um and no no one really knew that she had this like dog reactive like thing going on like cause she was kind of hiding it because uh, of everything that was just, maybe she was overwhelmed and then like she started to settle in and then all of a sudden I was like oh here we are <laughs> so um I went about that as, as you do with, with training, like it is different approaches, like to make sure the dog's needs are met and that you are, um, finding the ways to connect. So one is that we started just doing like our basic training, just so just teaching the basic skills, like, and really like super basic. Okay. Like how to put a harness on, um, you know, connect, look at me, you know, the name calls, like all that super stuff you would do with puppies, um, that I was doing with her. And then also what does she enjoy? Like, what does she find fun? What are her favorite rewards? And I learned that she really likes to chase a Frisbee and actually would catch it out of the air. And so I was like, I've never had a dog that does that. That's so cool. So we started like just incorporating that stuff um into our daily life together playing together that kind of thing um so just that like it was like we build the relationship from all those like teaching and also like enjoying things together which is again like ideally training does that like you know if you're teaching your learners having fun then you're doing it right you know so it was mostly that and then yeah we also practiced around other dogs like you know just hey it's really cool to look at me like good things happen and, and don't worry about those dogs and or or be excited about them um but just we're doing stuff together and so through that, like she started to realize that it's actually way more rewarding um, to pay attention to me and, and do stuff with me. And then the other dogs became less and less of a thing. And then particularly when we got into dog sports and she was like, oh, I have this really cool job to do with you now. Then that was when it really started to turn. And then all of a sudden, like other dogs were not even a thing at all. And so she would just like, it just clicked by that point. Yeah. Well, how inspiring story and that's the that's the case with dogs that typically with the challenges you learn them the most and then it's nice to also help others after these kind of learning processes mm-hmm. yeah I, I would love to talk more about her maybe in the future episodes yeah we can have a Mika teacher <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. um well now going from the challenges to success uh what um, like what are the top highlights of your life with your dogs? Mm, like, oh, a lot of them probably. And, and a lot of what I'll say is still like a, agility focused because it's so much of what I do. Um, but really like I do like when I talk, when I explain that experience with her and I, when I teach my family dog classes, I always mention that because people are coming in with like this, this or that thing that they consider to be an issue. And it's like, Hey, like I've been there too and you can get past it. Um, so just the fact that I was able to like bring her through that process and be able to do things like compete with her in two ring trials or Westminster. So she was the first dog that I took to Westminster. Um, she's the first dog that I got a mock with. So like those my milestones with with a dog who I did not raise as a puppy and came with to me with like a little bit of reactive issues. Um, yeah, like, those are things to look back at and 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 be really proud of. Um, well, let's see. I mean, like. There's so many things like I'm proud of things like like I trained a running dog walk, <laughs> you know, for example, um, to my my current competing dog. Like she's the first one I've trained that to. And it's like, hey, like that's really cool. That was a new experience. Like she's the and she's the one that like I'm now taking to, you know, shows like the US Open and other big like uh, European Open tryouts. She um we got a, a spot as an alternate on the European Open US team. So like that's a huge deal to me. Um 
huge deals to me as a matter of fact, but like, even just the little things, like look at like, you know, look at what my dog can do. Like, again, I go, I always think about like weave poles. Cause I, I remember when like, that was so hard. And now like, like I, this is the dog that I trained to do all these kinds of different skills on that. Yeah. It, it's, it's big things and it's little things that are like the, the milestones. Like, cause I think like we really focus on big goals. I think a lot in agility, like we want to get the ribbons and we want to get the clean runs and stuff, but like, there's so many things like every single day that happen when you train a dog, like, even if it's not an agility that like, did you teach a dog to walk on leash? That's a huge milestone. You know, like, exactly. I, you know, to my Springer Spaniel, like he did not want to walk politely on leash. He was like, I've got places to be and you are a tether on the end of my leash and we're going. And I was like, oh dear. <laughs> so oh, he actually taught me a lot about just regular dog training. Um, You know, that, that kind of day-to-day stuff. And so like just being able to find the way to make it rewarding for him to like stay close to me and not like forget that I'm there <laughs> was, that was a big deal um, as well. And that was my first like journey into dog training was with him, you know, so it's, it's big things and it's little things. Right. Right. And also it, it's a good reminder for, for everyone that, that like paying attention to those small successes in their everyday life, because if you don't pay attention to them, that then that skill will not stay there forever, for example. So, and it's, and and when you get those successes, they're so emotional that you can, after 10 years, think about it, those and get the same feeling going yeah. on. Yes. Um, what about if you think about the life before you knew that much about the dog's perspective and the and the life when you started to learn more about it? How how is it different or how has it like impacted your life? Yes. Well, I think like going back to Simon, who is my, my Springer, my old guy, like that was the first dog I had, like when I was becoming a dog trainer, like in that process of really learning about, um, how, like how to train a dog, how to professionally do that. Um, I think he would have learned a whole lot more, a whole lot more quickly, um, and had a whole lot more skills if I had that, that perspective as I was entering into like just training dogs in general and not even necessarily thinking about like professional training, but just understanding, you know, how to get a concept across, like how to walk on a leash. Like, had I realized that like he finds sniffing really rewarding if he realizes that by looking at me, I'm going to give him permission to sniff like all the time that like that would have gone so much more quickly, but I wasn't really thinking of it that way. I was just like, Oh, I have cookies. Like you need to stay near me. And so like, it took me like a while to actually come around to that point that from his point of view, he wanted that reward, um, that the opportunity to explore. And like, I could have been the one to provide that a lot more quickly had I kind of thought about it like that. Um, so I think it just like, it makes us better teachers to our dogs, um, when we learn to think that way. And so like that, that was probably the, the kind of biggest, um, change that could have been made like earlier on like had i had that piece of it in my dog trainer education like really explained that way you know like thinking like how does how does the dog dog see things um but anybody can do it too and that that's the thing i try to like tell my students and just like even family dog students that like we can think from the dog's point of view and you can learn to do it because if you have a dog you're a dog trainer (laughs) we're all dog trainers and i think people sometimes also forget that part like yeah you have a dog you're their teacher so you can learn this and you can exactly That's a, that's very, very, very well said. And also like um, to inspire people that, uh, that there are a lot to learn. Uh, and also like that, and it's also natural not to understand it from the beginning because it's totally opposite to what we yes. think or like initially. So yes. it's, so we, we shouldn't blame anyone, uh, but, yes. um, but then to open the new world that actually it's a, it's just so little twist in the thinking and, and in the behavior of yourself. So everyone definitely can do it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what about like if you think about a person who is getting their maybe first dog or their next dog? Um, what would you like? What are the best tips uh, for for them? Be patient for one, um, especially if we're talking about or like bringing home like your first or second puppy. Um, I think like I was saying before, it can be like, I think you kind of either you've never done it before and you have this set of expectations and really there are quite a few ups and downs. I find that like, you know, when you bring home a puppy that maybe you're not expecting, or if you're bringing home a puppy and you've already had one and we can kind of like forget the, um, more trying situations, you know, like house training or things like that, you know, so like it's, it is okay. You know, whatever, like you, you consider to be something more challenging. Like if we just start working on the little things every day and remembering to just practice that you get past it um, and to not let it like cause you to feel stressed out or worried or anything, but just remember, it's just training and we can always change behavior, but we have to remember, do the training every day, little bits every single day. And then before you know what you are, you're where you want to be. That's very important. What about, uh, what about the, like, if you need to mention one thing that impacts or influences most the connection and the bond with the human and dog what would that be like what people should really think of when they think about building that connection that you are having with your dogs for example the one if i have to pick one thing then i will pick learn how to play with your puppy from the first day, which is what exactly what I learned to do over like the series of puppies that I brought home, which I didn't do back when I had Simon. And, you know, now um, with the Shelties that I've gotten and especially Major, like I brought, I went to get her, we were in the hotel. First thing I was doing was like, look, I can play with you and I'm fun um, with the little toys that I had packed to bring. So learn how to play because it's, it's such a, you know, puts relationship building connection and fun to be with you like right from the the get-go and I think it just sort of like prevents a lot of the things that people find challenging like just to be able to get your dog to want to connect with you when you're out in the world you know play is is a um is one of the key factors to like making that feel easy or does your pup like really love other dogs I kind of find it's if if they think that it's more fun to play with you other dogs aren't aren't even an issue most of the time because they already know the fun is with you so learn how to play they're all a little bit just different about how they like to play so like that's why I said like learn how to because it's not always like it doesn't always immediately happen we have to kind of like it's a back and forth but there you already like have the communication and the getting to know each other yes yeah important very good now we can think about a little bit of the big picture of the whole world of dogs and dog owners there are all the time more and more dogs in the world which is great um however there are some also like other sides of it uh what like it If there's one thing that you could change in the world to make dogs' lives better, what would that be? Yes, that would be understanding their this this topic exactly, understanding their perspective. Because I think if if everybody is thinking from dogs' point of view and that's just how we go about things, then I think for one, like the way that dogs get taught and get trained gets much more um not standardized, but just like, we're much more focused on like how to do it in a way that is fun for the dog and, and feels good for them. Um, 
I think it also makes dogs more comfortable because like, I think we live in a, like a world that like, that's very dog focused, as you said. And like, I think dogs sometimes are in experiences that they might find, you know, like maybe just like an interaction with a strange person, for example, that they're not part- wanting to participate in. Like once we start to see from their point of view that, Hey, maybe they're like wanting you to advocate for them and help them out like that, that too. So just thinking more from their, their point of view and remembering that they have their own motivations, they have their own feelings and that like, you know, the more that we respect that, I guess, um, the deeper our relationship is with them too. So that's a good one. And that's what you and me as well are working every day for (laughs) and many other. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, the more we are like, the more we have, uh, dog trainers, um, that are speaking the same, uh, perspective and positive training and all that, the better. and, And the more people are getting aware of that, actually the old, way of thinking about dog training is not necessarily anymore the the only and the best way Mm. well that was a really good one um well now we are coming to the end of of the episode um is there anything i didn't ask and you would like to share with us or or any your future um you know plans or what you're waiting for or any greetings or something to look for I mean, I would say for like the listening audience, like come, come see us on the website. Cause like, that's the, I always look forward to talking to everybody there. So like that, that's something I look forward to every day um, is that like, those interactions with everybody and like this, all of this, whether you're training puppies or you're training for agility or uh, is all like about the, the learning. So I, I think that for me, like, that's the thing I look forward to just like on a daily basis or am most excited about, like, you know, aside from whatever, you know, I have going on that like might be, you know, a big thing, like, you know, getting that spot on a team or having a new teaching opportunity. It's still the coolest stuff that happens is the, like the learning that happens on like a daily basis. So I think that's the stuff that I'm always most excited about is like, what is there new to learn about training or, or agility or both. And all listeners, uh, you can actually have a chat with uh, with Stephanie every day on at One Mind Dogs uh, customer support and coach support. So she will be there helping you out with your dog and get the inspiration for your daily life and training. Stephanie, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode and looking forward to the next episodes of One Mind Dogs podcast from the dog's perspective.